Together, we're going to find our way on unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. How's everyone doing today? Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I had a good Thanksgiving. I got to see my dad and I got to see Jeremy and his family. And I also got to go pre-Black Friday shopping at Target. And it was really nice because I was like in and out within less than 15 minutes. Well, today I'm here to talk about Season 1, Episode 15, entitled 12 Angry Kids. This episode aired on January 15th, 1983. After Ricky gets in a fight with Ops, he and Edward are sued for a false whiplash claim. Leonard and Ricky convince the judge that the case can be presented to a jury jury of peers, other kids. Well, yeah, because what are adults really? If you get a group of kids that have also been victims of this ox kid, then I think it's going to swing in Ricky's favor. I mean, I could see maybe Ricky facing another bully, but why does it have to be the same guy we just saw in the early part of season three with Mr. T? This episode as I said last time, is the weakest rated episode of season one based on, from IMDb ratings. It's got a 6.4 out of 10 based on 21 ratings. This episode was directed by Jack Shea, writers David W. Dufflin. We got a bunch of other people <laughs> um, that I'm not going to name. <laughs> Oh, we got some connections. 12 Angry Men. This is a title reference. I've not seen 12 Angry Men. Star Wars episode... Is it four? It's got the Roman numerals. It says A New Hope, which came out in 1977. Wanton Maker quotes Obi-Wan Kenobi. Who's Wanton Maker? E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Wanton Maker offers to take the jurors to see the movie. Aww, even though he, uh, Edward and Ricky already saw the movie, but I'm sure they'd see it again. I want to read this one quote before I get into the <laughs> episode, because this is kind of interesting. Ricky Stratton, and in quotes it says, on his father, so he's probably telling somebody about his dad. I can ask him anything, anytime. He'll always listen real close and tell me the God's honest truth. Like when I asked him how a man and a woman... <clears throat> made a baby. He told me the truth. It made me throw up, but it was still the truth. Well, <clears throat> and think about that. Ricky is 12, so that probably is a good age to sit him down and talk to him about how a baby is made or how a man and woman come together. So Ricky isn't left in the dark when it comes time to him being in a relationship with a girl and then he knocks her up or something. We just 
give them the facts, be straight and honest with them, which is what Edward does. So, that being said, let's jump right into this episode. So, we come out of the intro, and we got the poker table set up, which the last time we saw that was in the episode I'm Just Wild About Harry, when they were, Kate, Edward, and Ricky were playing with the orang- poker with the orangutan. We got Edward, he's sitting there at the table, he's about to reveal what he's got, but of course before that, he wants to, they got a mixture of what looks like M&M's, maybe Reese's Pieces, and some jelly beans or gumballs, I'm not sure, but Edward is in fact smoking a cigar because we got smoke coming out of the top of it, so yeah. Looks like he's playing against Leonard. Oh, those aren't jelly beans. Those are the um, M&M peanuts. Well, no, because those are quite a bit bigger than the regular M&M's. Because, you know, they got to fit a whole little, you know, peanut in there. Which me, I I like M&M's. I like the M&M peanut ones. But my all-time favorite is the M&M almonds. I also like around Christmas time at Target only seems to get these special M&M flavors. One year it was the M&M, the cinnamon M&Ms. They were so good. But then sometimes I get like the white chocolate ones, which I'm not really a big fan of. There was this other kind of like pecan pie that I'm like, oh, I bet I like that. I really didn't care for it. Oh, we got Leonard there. He's also, we see cigar smoke in the air. Oh, and I see an arm there. So I'm guessing Ricky's, if you guys got that boy smoking a cigar, I'm not going to be happy. He's probably, like, got, like, a pretzel rod in his mouth. I sometimes would do that, where I put a pretzel rod in my mouth and pretend I was smoking. Or, remember those candy cigarettes? Oh, I used to buy those when I was a kid, and it was like, oh, look at me, I'm smoking! Even though I'm not really smoking, but it makes it look like I am. So that, yeah, that's gonna be filmed in front of a live studio audience, because we get a little kid giggle in there. Looks like Ricky's the dealer, and he doesn't have a pretzel rod in his mouth. He's got, like, a fuchsia-colored fake cigar that they give to parents, like, fathers who's just had their first kid. And like, here, here's a fake candy c- uh, cigar or fake cigar that says, proud to be a daddy or something on it. I want to play this clip between them as Ricky is dealing out uh, the extra cards that the guys ask for. Mr. Dealer? (laughs) (laughs) I'm in. Man takes a queen. Look out. Parallel is there. Whoa, whoa. Cool down. Cool down. (laughs) Five hearts. No, no. Ding, ding, ding. Takes four diamonds. Look out, possible straight flush there. Thank you very much, ladies. Bet. <laughs> no way you've got a straight flush. I bet it all. Too fattening for my blood. <laughs> I'm out. I'll see you, said the spider to the fly. <laughs> what do you got, Dad? Three queens. Great. And you're right, I don't have a straight flush. <laughs> but I do have a straight. 
So, Leonard pretty much folds, and Edward reveals he's got three queens, and he's like, Ricky, you don't have a straight flush. And Ricky's like, no, Dad, you're right, I don't have a straight flush, but I do have a straight. Because Edward pretty much bets all of his candy, and Ricky is like, all right, I'll see that here. I'll give you some of mine, and Ricky won. We got the train coming along. You know, Edward's not on the train because he's at the poker table. Who's on the train? It's Kate. I'm playing this clip. Because I don't think we've seen her on the train before. And this is so this is so cool. Is it, they always seem to have the train going. It's always been Edward. But no, this time it's Kate. <laughs> some snacks and apparently she had a little guacamole spill a little rough going over those tracks and um she saw at first I'm like okay we got some green stuff in a glass and we also have some I thought it was like maybe hot chocolate at first but then Leonard clears it up for me he's like what goes better with Russian caviar um, green Kool-Aid or Yoohoo. Oh, God. I'd honestly go neither, but I've never had caviar before. I've never had Russian caviar. I don't know what it tastes like. And I would honestly rather wash something down with the Yoohoo over grape, grape Kool-Aid. I haven't had Kool-Aid in, or I mean, um, uh, green Kool-Aid. That's probably gotta be like a lime flavor. Um, yeah, I used to have Kool-Aid a lot, you know, as a kid growing up and stuff, but as I got older, I like, eh, I kind of steered away from it, but definitely, if I had to choose to wash down some caviar, it would be Yoohoo over green Kool-Aid. So, Kate asks Ricky, oh, um, did you tell your father yet about that, uh, thing? Ricky's shaking his head, like, trying to tell Kate, like, do not bring this up. No, I haven't told him. Please stop bringing this up. Why are we still talking about this? And he's looking, like, at his dad while trying to mime to Kate, like, shush, shush, shush. And Edward's like, well, what's this now? An incident? What happened? And Ricky's like, oh, well, you know, I, I got into a little fight with Ox. And he's like, you know what? I don't want to talk about that. How about we go back to the uh, card table over there and I'll deal another hand of poker or blackjack. And Edward is like, no, 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 no. Son, get your, get your fanny back here. We need to discuss this. What do you mean you got into a fight with Ox? <laughs> Ricky, I suppose you told your father about... Oh, you didn't tell him. Oh, you did tell him. 
nothing. Ox and I just had a little fight today. Come on, Jack's a bad goat, and let's any up. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. You were in a fight? Not a big one. Ox and I just shoved each other around a little. Ricky, I told you. There are other ways of settling your differences than duking it out. You can debate things and discuss it in a civil manner. Ox called you balloon head. <laughs> I hope you knocked his block off. <laughs> balloon head. <laughs> I thought you settled things with this bully. Look, it's no big deal, Dad. It's just typical kid stuff. Ox insulted you. We pushed each other around a little bit. His pants fell down. And I threw his pants down a manhole. <laughs> I'm sure Ox has forgotten the whole thing by now. So, Ricky basically tells Edward Ox and I got into a shoving match. It's not a really a big deal. And Edward kind of gets down on one knee, so he's eye level with Ricky and says, Son, I thought we talked about this, that there are other ways to deal with your problems instead of pushing each other around. And, you know, reasoning and having a discussion and other options instead of throwing fists. And Ricky's like, Yeah, I know, but he called you a balloon head and Edward kind of changes his tune. It's like, well, I hope you knocked his block off. And Ricky's like, well, actually his pants fell down and I took them and threw them down a manhole. So <laughs> of course, Leonard <laughs> has to laugh when he hears balloon head. <laughs> but Edward gets serious. Like, son, I hope that this, issue has been settled. We don't have to hear about it again. And Ricky's like, oh, yeah, I guess. And then, of course, the doorbell rings, and I wonder who that is. So, Edward uses the door opener. The door's open. And who walks in but Ox in his boxer shorts, so he's missing his pants, and his father. Oh, boy. So, Ricky... Rushes over and he's like, Ox! But uh, Ox's father, who quickly corrects Ricky, telling him eh, 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 his name is Hobart. So Ox's father looks at Ox and says, Son, is this the little punk that deep sixed your pants? So basically threw them down a sewer grate. Of course, Ox is like, yeah, Dad. Yeah, that's him. Why didn't you let him put his pants on? He doesn't need to be arriving at some stranger's house in his underwear. That's just not right. So I'm going to play this clip as Edward kind of comes over to help uh, assess the situation, probably to apologize for Ricky's behavior. How did the kid's pants fall down to begin with is what I'd like to know. So my guess is the kid's ox's pants fell down around his ankles. Somehow Ricky managed to get them off and take them and throw them down a manhole cover. Or down a man, uh, a sewer. Wait a minute, what's going on here? Stratton? Willard Doyle. Yeah, 
Yeah, this is my attorney, Leonard Rollins. Hello. And my secretary, Kate Summers. Hello. Introduces Leonard as his lawyer, and Ox's father does not even look in Leonard's direction. But boy, oh boy, when he sees Kate, he immediately goes to grab her hand, like, oh, who is this lady? And Kate gets out of the, like, uh, bye. <laughs> Edward, of course, takes control of the situation and says, um, Mr., uh, whatever his name is. Usually when we have guests, we love having guests over to our house, but usually when they do, they're wearing pants. And poor Ox is like, Dad, can I please put my pants back on? And his father's like, no, son, I want you to see, I want these people to see just how humiliated you are. And poor Ox is having to try to pull down the bottom hem of his shirt to cover the front of himself. And he has... His dad has him turn around, like, here, let's see the back of your boxer shorts. Like, what What happened? Did he crap himself? I don't get it. Because the dad starts laughing, and then Edward laughs, and then all of a sudden, Axe's dad goes serious and sticks a finger in, in Edward's face, like, huh, huh, huh. Like, what the heck? Basically, he, yeah, it looks like he's like, I'm taking you to court. If it's for this whiplash, which the IMDb, IMDb description dictates, whiplash for what? Is it, whiplash isn't that something that is a car accident because you're turning your head uh, when you get hit That from behind. That's a whiplash, right? Yeah, I rewound this again to see what exactly they're laughing at as he tells his son to turn around. I don't get it. There's nothing there. There's not a hole in his boxer shorts. Just sort of laughing at the fact that he's in his underwear. I mean, he didn't crap himself, so what happened? I don't freaking know. Ox's father pretty much tells Edward, well, now look, he, my, nobody should be subjected to that kind of humiliation. If I were Edward, I bring up the fact, like, excuse me, your son beat up my son on multiple occasions to the point where I had to hire a bodyguard to make sure that he got to school safely and stayed safely throughout the course of the school day. Please tell me they are bringing that back up because... Really, I would be throwing that in that guy's face. Now, nobody should be subjugated to that kind of humiliation. I see your point. Yeah, well, you can also see that my son has suffered a great deal of mental anguish. Uh, look, uh, uh, Willard. Willard, I'll be 
son a new pair of pants, okay? You rich guys are all alike. <laughs> you think you can look down on me because I have to work for a living. You think I'm slime because I got dirt under my fingernails. Well, I'm not slime. I'm just an ordinary hard-working Joe who sees here a golden opportunity to take you for an easy 50000 <laughs> Willard, you're not slime. Sludge, maybe. <laughs> All I'm talking about here is an out-of-court settlement, pure and simple. Court? Yeah. Your son gave my son a terrible case of whiplash. Right, Hobart? Yeah, Pop. Hobart. Yeah. Oh, ah, oh. <laughs> He's faking it, Dad. We know he's faking, Ricky. Edward, if I were you, I wouldn't give this guy one red cent. Don't worry, Leonard, I won't. Alan Wattenmaker has agreed to be my attorney. Whoa, ho, ho, ho. Alan Wattenmaker. Big deal. <laughs> Leonard here happens to be the best attorney in this country. He'll cream this Alan Wattenmaker. <laughs> Won't you, Leonard? <laughs> Won't you, Leonard? Yo, Leonard. <laughs> Would you take a check? Dad. You're right, son. You're right. This is a matter of principle. And if you insist on taking this to court, Mr. Doyle, well, then we'll just have to let a judge decide it, won't we? Good day. Hobart? Hobart, why are you trying to steal my father's money? Simple. Stealing money makes me feel good inside. <laughs> in that case, you've got a big future in politics. <laughs> so, uh, Willard here decides that Edward is just like any other rich guy. He doesn't really have to work for a living. And poor me, Willard is all like, I work my fingers to the bone. And basically, you, you can easily see, and he flat out says it, that I'm just looking for an easy 50 thou for the mental anguish that you've caused, your son has caused my son. And then he also brings up whiplash. And Willard kind of tells his son, like, whiplash, you know, with the neck, like, bending, he's bending his neck, like, and Ox is like, oh, yeah, oh, my neck, ah, it's like, and me, and Edward and Leonard are seeing this, and even Ricky's like, dad, he's faking it, and Edward's like, yeah, I can see he's faking it, that's why he's not getting anything from us at all. So, they decide to go to court. Willard says, well, I got a lawyer. His name is something or other. The best lawyer money can buy or something. And Edward isn't scared. He's like, yeah, well, I got my lawyer right here. Isn't that right, Leonard? Leonard, apparently this, this, uh, hold on. I gotta look up his name. Okay, so Willard's lawyer is Wattenmaker. Alan Wattenmaker. What has this guy been in if I've seen anything that he's done? Um, I haven't seen anything that this guy's done that I would recognize him from. But apparently Leonard's heard of the name Wattenmaker because he is like a deer in headlights, scared out of his mind as Edward's like, Hey, Leonard, hello, as he's waving a hand in front of him. So, 
Edward just turns to Willard, like, hey, will you accept a check? And I think that's what he says about taking him to court. And Edward's like, fine, you want to take this to court? We'll go to court over it. And as they're leaving, Ricky's like, hey, Ox, why are you doing this trying to steal my dad's money? And Ox's response is, well, stealing money makes me feel good inside. And as he's walking away, Ricky's like, well, you would make a great politician. Like, oh, originally, okay, Willard was happy to settle out of court for $50,000. So, but now it's like they're just going to go to court. Judge is going to see right through the scam. He is going to see through it in a heartbeat. So, Ricky, Edward, Kate, and Leonard are all there on Ricky's defense. And Ricky's like, hey, isn't that uh, Mr. Wanamaker? And Leonard makes a joke about how, yeah, he's signing his new book called Winning Through Whiplash. Well, I guess that's why Willard hired the guy, because he specializes in whiplash. And we just see adults here. We don't see a jury. So I'd like to see how the whole thing with bringing kids in as a jury. So Leonard kind of lets him know, I really don't trust this guy. I know he's got a trick up his sleeve. You know, he'll do anything to sway a jury, probably, like, signing his autographed book for them. So Ricky is all kind of in the lathers. His hand kind of goes immediately to his forehead, like, oh, boy, oh, jeez. Edward puts a comforting arm around Ricky's shoulder, like, hey, buddy, don't worry. He's not going to get a nickel out of us. Oh, you gotta be joking! As we see... Willard come in, and Hobart Ox is in a wheelchair with his foot in a cast. What in the what? No! Serious? No! And Edward's kind of, he doesn't see this, because he's looking at Edward, or uh, Edward is looking at Leonard, like, for confirmation. Like, right, he's not going to get any money, money out of us. As Edward is looking at... Ox and his father. Oh, and they do have a nun pushing Ox in the wheelchair. Was that by the advice of the whiplash attorney? Come on. No, no, this judge is going to throw this case out in a heartbeat. You don't get a messed up neck and a broken leg from having your pants fall around your ankles and someone throwing said pants into a sewer. So where is this stuff coming? No way is that judge going to see that. He's going to see through it and say, get out of my court right now. Judge Judy, where are you? Because I want you to cover this case. Because it is bogus. Is that Alan Watt Baker over there? Yeah. He's autographing his new book, Winning Through Whiplash. <laughs> I don't trust him. I know he's got a trick up his sleeve. He'll do anything to slay a jury. Oh, boy. Don't you worry, Ricky. He's not going to get a nickel out of us. Right, Leonard? <laughs> Leonard? Don't worry, Leonard. We've got a check of our sleeve, too. 
So Edward turns around to see what Leonard's looking at, and we he finally sees Ox, or Hobart, in a wheelchair with a busted leg and a cast and a neck brace. And he just turns to Kate, like, Kate, do you have my checkbook? He's already giving up on this case. But as he is, wheel Ox is being wheeled in by a nun... Ricky kind of like, hey, he pats Leonard's shoulder, like, don't worry, Leonard, we got a trick up our sleeve too, right? As the bailiff comes in to call the court to order, he looks at Ox and he's like, oh, poor kid. Do not be fooled by that kid. Do not. He is being, I'd say he's, this whole thing's being orchestrated by his father because it is, but just because he's pulling the strings doesn't mean that Ox couldn't have thought of this crap on his own. And we know, we know that clearly Ox gets his behavior from his dad, because his dad is like a don't-push-me-around kind of guy, too. And the judge comes out, it's Papuli! From Full House, he played Uncle Jesse's grandfather, Papuli, from, uh, we saw him in season four, and we saw him again in season seven? When he passed away, which I bawled my eyes out. This is going to be interesting, seeing him play a judge. As he's got, like, one giant book that is the size of two Harry Potter book sevens. And then one, two, three, four other books on top of it with a legal pad on top and some blue documents. I uh, why does he have all those books? Is he still studying to be a judge, or is he a judge? Why did he bring all this stuff with him? Oh, it's Judge Nutterman. That's a nice name. He sounds nothing like Papuli! Although Papuli was a character, and he had a Greek accent, this guy's clearly got, like, a Brooklyn accent. <laughs> the, uh, people are ready to hear the case of Hobart Doyle. Kid. <laughs> Hobart Doyle versus uh, Richard Stratton. Uh, this is a civil suit asking for medical damages in the amount of $218.67 and for punitive damages in the amount of $67 million. Excuse me? Now, uh, I have met with both attorneys concerning a pretrial motion and just a minute, please. Bailiff? I'm still not sure about this. I mean, if I grant this motion, it could make me a laughing stock. It might improve your image. Huh? <laughs> Judge, this case could generate a ton of publicity. Oh? You've got to do something if you want to be reelected. The people of New York, they need you. Are you saying this because you mean it or because you're my son in law? <laughs> So the judge looks at Ox, and the first thing, of course, that comes out of his mouth is the same thing the bailiff said. Oh, you poor kid. Do not let that fool you. Oh, judge. I'm not feeling confident here. Okay, so this is a civil suit, and the medical... Damages they're asking for is around $200, $216, and apparently they want 65 okay, so originally he said 50000 right? No, instead he wants $65 million? I do 
even think that Edward even has $65 million. He's a millionaire. He might have... You know, Edward, if he's a million, he might have 65 mil. I, I don't know, but... I gotta hope that this judge has got his, uh... His brain going, because, uh... That's just... The idea of asking asking $65 million for mental anguish... That's a bunch of garbage. Please, judge. Let's, let's just use your head when, uh, deciding how this, uh, case is gonna go. Well, uh, as I was saying, um, the defendant, uh, Richard Stratton, has, uh, requested a pretrial motion. And, uh, although it's unprecedented, I have, uh, decided to grant it. Now, I'm going to be honest with you here. Um, I don't know a lot about trials and juries and lawyer talk. I remember, was it season three or four of Punky Brewster? They had the I'll see you in court thing with uh, Betty and Henry when she is inher she inherited a car from one of her patients that passed away. And he was teaching her how to drive, and she got into an accident, and they each had to get on the stand and tell their version of what happened. Also, there's the one where, um, I think that one was in season four? But there's also the one with the, the city hall thing where Henry had um, issues with speaking in public. So, the judge here, Judge Nutterman, has agreed to give... Ricky a, a pre-trial. I don't know what that is, but Ricky and Leonard shake hands like, good, good, this is what we want, so. So, now Ricky wants to have a jury of his peers kind of decide how this trial is going to go down, which I think, I don't think that this would happen in real life. I, in fact, I probably could guarantee it would never happen in real life, but due to it being a sitcom, I think that it would be best to hear from other kids that have also been bullied by this boy to flat out say, he's lying, he's done this to us, don't award him $65 million. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you are charged with the task of weighing the evidence fairly and completely. Now, you were chosen because the defendant, Richard Stratton, has requested that he be tried by a jury of his peers. Are there any questions? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's take a look at this so-called jury we have here. We got a girl that's blowing uh, a big gum bubble. We got a kid who's making fart noises with his armpit. We got some boy over there that's stretching his mouth out and sticking his tongue out like he's a, he's a big old goofball. We got one kid that's wearing oversized novelty sunglasses. We got a kid that's chomping on, like, a Whopper from B uh, Burger King. <laughs> one kid who's wearing a red sweater has got those headbands with the, the wire sticking out of the top with the stars on top. It's like, they're all a bunch of goofballs. Do these kids all go to his school? They must. 
Some girl, I gotta agree with her. She's shaking her head in disbelief, and she's got her chin resting on her hand. Like, I cannot believe this. What's this girl got? A book about, uh, is that a horse? A, no, wait, that's a, hold on, I want to check this out. Oh, it just says comics on it. J just general comics that no one would ever heard of, hear of. And we go back to the judge, who's rubbing his hand over his face like, my God, why did I even allow this to happen? This is going to be a nightmare. And the camera goes back to Ricky, who's just got his hands, like, clasped together. Like, yeah, he, and he's smiling, like, okay, this could definitely work in my favor. All these kids from school. And we got... Kate and Edward in the background, they're sitting right behind Ricky, and they're both smiling, smiling, like, <laughs> oh, isn't this cute? All right, so, uh, Ox's father takes the stand, and I'm gonna play this, this cockamamie story that this guy's gonna have, which is so full of lies. I ain't saying that my son ain't busted heads with his buddies before, yeah, but what you really mean to say is he has never been subjected to outright brutality until he started associating with Richard Stratton. Is that not correct? Hey, he's good. <laughs> to do is he's making it out to look like Ricky savagely beat Ox, which he didn't. And also the, the jury is, they, these kids are out of control. They're throwing like wadded pieces of paper at each other. This one girl's like, I gotta pee like there's no tomorrow. The judge is like, will you guys all calm down? You, you will have to wait until the next recess. All right. If you pee your pants, I I'm sorry, but you're just going to have to either hold it or just go. Um, Leonard, of course, objects to the, uh, what do you call him, the prosecuting attorney? No. Um, objects to his statement about Ricky savagely beating off. It's like, no, no, no. And I love how the kids all cheer after Leonard uh, speaks up about that. <laughs> of course, Ox's lawyer has to put a pin on his, the lapel of his suit jacket that says, I love kids. This guy is such a fake. It's so gross. So now the lawyer asks, like, hey, has Hobart, because he's calling him by his official name, has Hobart suffered at all? And his dad's like, well, he hasn't been able to do any chores around the house. Oh, and he hasn't been able to do any homework either. 
the jury is just these kids are not believing this guy at all. Like you are so full of garbage. Every word that comes out of your mouth. Like they know Ox. They know what he's like in school. This guy clearly probably doesn't do any work. And the idea of him actually doing chores at home, yeah right. Stop making your kid out to be a saint. We all know he isn't. Oh, but uh his father knows how to get these kids riled up. He's like, hey hasn't Hobart has not been able to play any video games and at the sound of video games these kids go crazy. <laughs> so um Willard Ox's father is like on a roll here because he's got the kids all riled up. Now, my son has not been able to live a full normal life or his life is totally screwed up. His lawyer kind of puts a hand on his shoulder to like sit on like, all right, that, that's enough. That's what we don't need anymore. Thank you. So now Leonard is going to go up there and as soon as he opens his mouth, the kids are booing him. What, because he's not talking about video games and junk food and stuff like that? <laughs> Mr. Doyle! No questions at this time? <laughs> uh, bailiff, the witness is excused. So, because the kids all boo Leonard, he sits down and says no further questions, Your Honor. Some kid in the jury's got a slingshot. Somebody should have confiscated that from him. That is a weapon. Because he ends up hitting Leonard in the head. And Leonard's like, ow, what the? And he takes this little ball bearing thing and chucks it into the jury of kids who all boo at him. And... The, um, judge is all banging his gavel, like, I will have order in my courtroom. Ricky turns around to his dad and says, Dad, do you want to give me the electric chair? Because that's the way it's going to go if you don't sit down and stop antagonizing these children. They're supposed to be helping me. All right, so, uh, Oz's, Ox, Ox's lawyer calls him to the, Ox to the stand. So let's hear what Ox has to say. Raise your right hand. Thank you. I always carry my own Bible. <laughs> Raise your right hand. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. Young man, if you feel tired <laughs> or if you experience any pain, if you'd let me know, I'll call a recess. I can't enjoy recess anymore, Your Honor, but thanks anyway. <laughs> Hobart, are you familiar with the defendant, uh, Richard Stratton? Oh, yes. Richard and I go to school together. Oh, and were you and he good friends? Well, sir, I wanted to be his friend, but he got all the kids in school to call me a name. Now, I know this is going to be very difficult for you, Hobart, but can you tell us the name he called you? Meat cleaver. <laughs> meat 
himself out before he kills somebody. Like a judge, for instance. <laughs> Thank you, Hobart. Thank you. And in the words of Obi-Wan Kenobi, <laughs> may the force be with you. So the nun rolls Ox up in his wheelchair, and the bailiff comes around with a Bible, since you gotta swear in a Bible to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. And Hobart pulls out, Ox Hobart, wherever the heck, pulls out his own mini Bible and says, I always carry this with me. That's eh, a big eye roll right there. <laughs> Playing on the bailiff and the judge's sympathies. I'm having my doubts about this judge. I really am. He is all sympathetic, like, oh, son, if, if you feel any pain in your neck, or if you if you want, just let me know. I'll call a recess. And Knox is like, yeah, I don't enjoy recess anymore ever since I got injured, or was injured. So, Ox's lawyer says, are you and you go to school with Richard? Are you and he friends? And Ox is like, well... I wanted to be his friend, but he got all the kids in school to call me a name, and he tells everybody that he calls me Ox. And then he goes on to say how Ricky attacked him with a meat cleaver and a butcher knife. And at the word butcher knife, Ricky jumps out of his seat, practically flies off the table. Luckily, Leonard grabs him and sets him back down. Like, oh, boy. <laughs> but he's, yeah, he's full out lying. And Ox starts fake crying, saying how he's a sensitive person. You are, oh, my God. I hope the truth is found out. I really hope the truth is found out, because I can't stand much more of this. Oh, his lawyer is actually helping him out by uttering the words, say that he jumped on your neck. And Oz is like, oh, yeah, and he jumped on my neck, too. What? That would not be allowed. He's whispering advice into the kid's brain. Like, say this. He's he's coaching him. Like, say these things. Ugh. So Ricky again jumps out of his seat, points at Oz, like, that is a lie. And the judge tells Ricky to sit down, but then Kate jumps up. Kate jumps up and she's like, objection. And he's like, young lady, you need to sit down. And then he whispers to his son-in-law, the bailiff, hey, get her number. And he smiles at her. What? This is a, this is, 
the craziest courtroom scene on TV that I've ever seen in my life to date. So Ox's lawyer asks a question, do you hate Richard? And Ox is like, no, I don't hate Richard. I just hope that he straightens himself out before he kills someone. And then he kind of looks up at the judge and he adds, like a judge. Like, ugh, come on. Of course, to win the kids over again, the lawyer adds the line from Obi-Wan Kenobi from the Star Wars movie, May the Force Be With You. And the kids all cheer because they all love Star Wars and other pop culture references of that time. So now it looks like it's Ed Edward Leonard's turn. And bef before he can go forward, Ricky kind of bends down, uh, has Leonard bend down so he can kind of whisper into his ear, asking for like a conference so they can kind of huddle up and decide where how to go forward with this because it just does not seem like this trial is swinging in their favor at all. So the... Judge grants them to have a little conference. Of course, Ox's lawyer suggests, like, oh, if it's going to be a long one, can I take the kids out to see E.T.? And, of course, they all cheer. Oh, come, this guy! Your Honor, may I have a conference with my client? You may. Your Honor, if it's going to be a long one, uh, could I take the jury out to see E.T.? Yeah! No, you may not. <laughs> Sorry, man. Sorry, I tried. I think your idea is backfire. Lottie Maker is as good at fooling kids as he is at fooling grown-ups. I know. Then put me on the stand. Right now. Why? I want to beat him at the real game. I'm ready to testify. Your Honor, I have no questions for the witness at this time. Thank you, Mr. Rollins. Thank you, son. That will be all. Sister. is really good at wooing the kids and the judge to kind of side in favor of them. It's like, this trial is not going the way that they want. Ricky suggests that they put him on the witness stand so that way he can try to beat them at their own game. Which, may it, honestly, I don't think it would hurt things. Like, yeah, we need another side to the story. We need the truth as to what happened here, not a bunch of lies. So, all right, let's get Ricky on the stand. Our first and only witness, Ricky Stratton. Raise your right hand. You swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth? I do. 
You heard Hobart's testimony. Why don't you tell this courtroom and the good boys and girls of this jury <laughs> what happened between you two? Just tell the story in your own words. Yes, sir, I... truth is, I did shove Hobart Doyle. I shoved him and he fell down. But listen, I want you to understand why I did it. You see, Hobart insulted my father. Guys, let me tell about my dad. You know how sometimes when you ask your parents a question, they'll just ignore you? They'll tell you to stop bothering them? Okay, well, not my dad. You can ask him anything, anytime. He'll always listen real close and tell me the goddamn is true. Like when I asked him how a man and a woman made a baby, he told me the truth. It made me throw up. <laughs> And Ricky's sitting on the witness stand, and we see the jury of children. The one girl with the, her hair in braids, mom's being hung as she takes her braid and wraps it around the front of her neck, and mom's being hung. Like Ricky, don't look at the, don't look at the, uh, the jury right there. You focus on what you want to say. So he does, and he talks about the truth as to why he shoved Hobart. He says that Hobart had made fun of his father and Ricky got angry and he talks about his dad, about the kind of man that his dad is. And he's always there 
even when he's busy, if Ricky has a question, like the one about how a man and a woman make a baby, and Ricky mentions how, well, he told me, I mean, I threw up, but he still, he told me the truth, and just, you know, the fun things that they do together, you know, trapping tadpoles and reading, even reading a comic book, and that gets to the girl that's in the jury box reading a comic book. And everything. And he plays on the sympathy of the kids. It's like, would you want him to say this mean thing about your own father? Would you just sit back and let that happen? And the kids are like, no. He's like, and Ricky's like, no. Well, I didn't either. And it's just, the kids are cheering. And, of course, what happens? Ox gets upset gets out of his wheelchair and stands up, walks over to the jury, not realizing because, you know, he's got a cast on his foot. He shouldn't be able to just get up and walk around. And, of course, he's got the neck brace on. And he's getting, you know, angry with the kids, like, and Ricky's like, oh, by the way, you are standing up. And Ox stops talking for a minute. And he realizes it, grabs the back of his neck. He's like, ow. And the kids are all ready to freaking crucify him. They actually want to hang him and his lawyer. And they get out of there. Like, all right, well, this is done. Clearly, the judge has seen the evidence and wants to rule. And I gotta say, I love how Ricky kind of plays on the sympathy of the kids as he's talking about his dad. Like, you know how you ask your parents a question and they, like, ignore you or they tell you don't bother them? Well, my dad isn't like that. He's open and honest with me. He always has time to spend with me. And my dad... And Ricky's starting to tear up at this. My dad is my best friend. And that is the sweetest, sweetest thing in the world. Well, that is the end of the episode. Uh, Ricky comes off the witness stand and Edward comes out from um, the seats and they both hug. The kids all cheer and they all walk out and it's a really, it's a cute ending. Um, For this episode, I'm going to go with, I'm going to give it a three out of five. The things I like, I liked Kate coming in on the train. I thought that was cool because we haven't seen her coming on the train yet. And I liked her outfit. She had one of those hats that has like the brim of it is like pushed up and against the the front of the hat. And um, she had this really nice like red and black checkered um, blazer. And I also liked... Um, <laughs> I liked Ricky's speech at the end. I thought that was really, really cute. You know, he was uh, honest and everything. And, um, let's see the other thing. I liked Kate objecting after what Ox was saying about the meat cleaver and the butcher knife. And how Ricky goes flying across the table wanting to choke out Ox. And how Kate also objects to it. Um, the things, of course, I did not like, did not like that lawyer or the father. I didn't like Ox going along with this whole thing. 
of being in the wheelchair with the cast in the neck brace. And the judge, I didn't like him falling for that either. He just seemed too easily swayed by it. It was like, Judge Judy would have seen through that crap in a heartbeat and she would have thrown the case out. Um, For the Silver Spoonful, I'm just going to say... Don't try to lie when you're in the courtroom because you will get found out and you will be in even deeper trouble. You cannot lie in court. So let's talk about uh, next week's episode. We have a fun episode. Um, special little guest star, Jenny Lewis, who if you've seen The Wizard with Fred Savage, she was in that movie. And I believe she also has a... She has a band or she started a band, whether she's still in it, I'm not sure. Season 1, episode 16, entitled The Toy Wonder. This episode aired on January 22nd, 1983. Edward wants to hire a 12-year-old girl as a toy consultant, but she'll only take the job on one condition, that Ricky becomes her boyfriend. Oh, boy. This episode has got an 8.0 out of 10. That's pretty good. Who's... Hold on a second. Who's Allison Smith? This looks like Jenny Lewis. Hold on a second, guys. Something's not right. That is Jenny Lewis! It's Jenny Lewis! Who's this Barbara character? Barbara Webster. Who is she? We'll find out. Something's not right here. Um, there's no trivia. But, um, all right, let's say hey to you listeners out there. Bridgewater, Massachusetts, Lansdowne, Pennsylvania, Orlando, Florida, Sun Valley, Nevada, Los Angeles, California, Quezon City, Philippines, Clarksburg, West Virginia, Lebanon, Ohio, Worcester, Massachusetts, Wentzville, Missouri, M-E-Q-U-O-N, Wisconsin, Camas, C-A-M-A-S, Washington, Columbia, Missouri, and Mountain View, California. All right. Everyone have a great day. I hope the weather isn't too much for you. We did get a bit of snow here, but luckily the road shouldn't be too, too bad. Although they weren't the greatest this morning from what Jeremy told me when I just talked to him. So, guys, if you're heading out to work or whatever, please take it slow. Do not be in a rush to get to where you need to go because that's how accidents happen. I know I said that a lot over the winter time. I'm going to say it a lot now. Just please be safe. All right. Well, I'll be back next week with a new Silver Spoons podcast episode. Bye-bye. Together